Hey guys, welcome to Our Sats. How do I start this? <laughs> I don't know. That's that's fine. That's what it normally is. Hey guys, welcome to Our Sats. We've got Livy. Hello. Adam. Hello. And I'm Seth. Today we're going to be talking about some albums, but before that, this is our first al- episode of 2020. Well, it's being recorded. It's being recorded in 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, being recorded in 2020. So we've had a prolific schedule in the last, four weeks, <laughs> except for that one that we missed. They won't hear it until 2021. <laughs> when we release it, yes. You just you gotta keep the listeners wanting, you know. What was it? I saw a uh, I saw a clip on Twitter the other day of Fred Willard who passed away a week or two ago. It was a clip of him, one of the Christopher Guest movies. And he was playing some character who'd been on a terrible TV show that got canceled. And he said, you know, it only ran for about a year, but that's good, because that's how you establish a cult. <laughs> I mean, between Arrested Development and, let's see, what other culty things? I mean... Firefly is the classic example. Wow, I didn't realize you were into Firefly. I'm not. I just know it's a classic example. It had one season, it got cut by Fox, and they did the movie. Yeah, but you see... So, are you into culty movies? Uh, I don't know. I'm not especially, like, well-watched. I mean, you did go... Didn't you go out of your way with your roommate to buy the worst movie ever? Whose name I can't think of at the, the moment. Room? Yeah. No, we didn't go out of our way to buy it. We had a friend who already had it on a hard drive. And we just had a movie <laughs> night for it. In every gotcha. 30 minutes, I had to convince everybody, no, no, I promise, it gets good at this part, when I knew that it didn't, but they kept trying to leave. <laughs> the problem was with our showing of The Room that we did was me and my roommate knew that it was infamously the worst movie ever made, but we didn't tell anyone else that. How didn't they know? Well, I guess like if you're just not as well-traveled on the internet as us, like you, you don't pick up on it, but... Yeah, they were like, all right, no, I'm out. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> even even watching Star Wars, Cl- Attack of the Clones last night with Sarah, because we're going chronologically. Oh. Chrono- like, we're going that way, one Ugh. through nine. Gross. But any- oh, hey, one, one was rough. So two, like, is superior in so many ways. Like Many people say the opposite. Oh, they have not watched them back to back. I think one has better set pieces. It's hard to say. So the problem with one is that... Libby's about to get totally left out on this one, I think. I mean, I, I'm aware of them, but I don't have that many opinions. Uh, have you seen them? The Star Wars? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. The second movie used to be my favorite. For my sister, too. I just really liked... Um, like all the scenes on the rainy planet, I liked all those. Camino, yeah, yeah. Two is superior, although I would say Christian Haydenson is Ronan, like an insane Ronan person. <laughs> uh, whatever. Christensen, comma Hayden. <laughs> I mean, you can you can fix that in post, right? <laughs> Port Nadaman is also great in that movie. Who's that? Natalie Portman, but mixed up. Oh. That was not funny. I didn't even catch it. Port Natalie is actually just a character in the Star Wars universe. (laughs) (laughs) 
It sounds like a real thing. Yeah. You said it so naturally. And the second one, as they were continuing the bit of like, yeah, we'll just have her be a handmaiden. At some point, I was like, what is the point of this bit? Shouldn't everybody know at this point that she's not the queen? I think they took 10 years off in the middle, which made it surprising again. I think that's the key. I mean, I guess also, surprising also, to us. I, guess, but... I, don't think anybody, I don't think anybody broadly found out that they did that in the first movie. I think okay, it's but like then, the, the 40 soldiers and the Gungans knew. But then follow up. Who is really casting the votes in the Senate if she's always doing that? I don't know. If she, was it wasn't the specific point that there was an assassination attempt that people had heard about on her? I mean, it like opens the movie ish. I mean, yeah. it's within the first fifteen minutes, and it, I don't know. You know I don't think that's, I don't think handmaids. that's where you really need to nitpick the Star Wars prequels. I what talking point did you suggest? I I don't feel the need to nitpick them that much. They're not great, but they're very nostalgic for me. So I just have to kind of grin and accept them. Yeah, I get that. Okay, so th- none of that was actually what we've been up to. So No, and it also n- wasn't about you... cult films, which is how we got into this. Or Fred Willard, which is how we got into cult films. Fred Willard, very famous for his roles in Star Wars. <laughs> cult films. Um I like things like Drowning Mona or the Sasquatch Gang or like. Or my I mean, I know Vinny. those aren't the cultiest of cult movies, but I what kind of feel like they are. What's your superhero movie with Ben Stiller? Wait, are you talking about Zoolander? No, no. What's Mighty Men? Immortal Men? Oh, Mystery Men? Mystery Men, that one. Mystery Men was great. That's a cult classic. Well. I I mean, I think it's just a good movie, and it has a select following. I don't prefer the term cult classic. The line between box office bomb and cult film is so thin. Like, what is the breaking point? How many people have to like a bad movie before it's considered cult and not just a bad movie? Like, more than 10,000 people, right? At least. I mean, I get... I would say in the grand scheme of things, 10,000 people is not a ton of people. Right. I think it kind of has to do with if it endures. Like, if something is just a bad movie, it'll kind of die away. You know what I mean? But, like, Mm -hmm. with The Room, like, even though it wasn't mainstream, like, there were showings of it at, like, Art House Theater. Well, that's because he paid for all of those. Okay, I guess that's true. There's other movies like that, though. Well, I, and I guess like... there's there's also a difference between like a cult film like The Room versus a cult film like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Because what the audiences get out of it is very different. Like one of those yeah. is actually a good movie. Like I would say, <laughs> you know, Ye is probably closer to The Room than I don't I don't know where to go with that. I would just say that Ye was like The Room. What is that? Wow. What do you mean? Ye? What? I swear, if that's not the (laughs) album that you wanted me to listen to, I'm going to be very upset with you, sir. It's yay. So (laughs) you're saying... Like his nickname, yay. Not ye, as in like Yeezus, which was his 2013 album or something? No. Or Yeezys? 
No, it's yay. So they're yeezys. It go. I've heard it both ways. Not that one specifically, but. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't know what to tell you. I don't. I don't know either. Why point of reference. Point yay? of reference. Since we haven't actually introduced the albums that we're going to be talking about. Spoiler alert. I'm talking about Kanye West's 2018 album, Yay. And Seth does, is not aware of how it was supposed to be pronounced. I mean, I feel like you're a part of the cult now. I was I just, a part of the cult, and I left around 2018. Yeah, 20, yay. Early 2018, <laughs> I was I was out. No, before that, before that, when he started talking crazy. But we'll get to that. I mean, in your defense, I feel like that was about the same time that I decided that Maroon 5 was not going in the direction that I was prepared for. It took you till 2018 to get there? I mean, I would say I would say the the fourth and fifth album, I mean, the fifth album is just V or 5. I have no idea what they actually called it. And then what is the fourth one? I know it's got some crazy cover art. But other than that, like there were some all right songs from it, but I don't like the first 3, I would say are still pretty solid. And that was up until early 2000, so. So I guess what I'm saying is that in everyone's life, there is a 10-year period where they are willing to accept music and call it their own, and then after that, they don't learn any new music. Or they dress like a handmaiden to protect their identity every 10 years. I mean, Is yeah. that not the moral of the story? I mean, it's, it, it's just crazy that... <laughs> Like, she's still into Anakin. I mean... Oh, it's weird. He was was a child. And, like, from his emotions, I feel like a 30-year-old should... I think she's supposed to be 14 in the first movie, which makes her 24 in the second movie. Okay, but still. I don't think as a 24-year-old... still not good. Let me tell you, as one of those numbers, I would not be interested in the other number. As... As having been a graduate assistant at the age of 24, I do not think an 18-year-old with the emotional stability of Anakin Skywalker would have been attractive in any way. Let alone if they looked at me the way that Hayden Christensen looked at uh, Padme. Which was kind of just visual assault the entire time. (laughs) It was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was it was way before the Me Too movement. I think that that was quite evident in the film. <laughs> like, please don't look at me like that. And just like, I'm going to continue looking at you like that. And I was like, that that's wrong. <laughs> you also have to remember that Padme may not be the most emotionally stable either. Because when Annika comes back and says, Hi, I just genocided an entire village of... Uh indigenous like uh peoples uh she's like oh man that's really rough for you are you okay (laughs) i mean in in her defense okay whoa tread lightly she was in the middle of a desert what did you want her to say (laughs) be like anakin 
you know what? You were wrong. <laughs> Just saying that lightsaber's coming out again. Like we are deep in the weeds on this one. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. There's no way to get out. Like it's fresh on the mind. It's a hot topic. It is not a hot topic. No, it's not. So. Um, for anybody that cares, I just wrapped up my second school year at um, the high school where I've been teaching. And I've been teaching band and things the past two years. Um, now we are just, and about a month from now, I'll be closing on a house, which is exciting. Mm. And then, yes, the ooh is because, I guess I shouldn't reference your ooh if you cut it out. Um, it's more of a woo, but, the, but all right. Well, <laughs> You, your ye, your yay, your ooh, and your woos. <laughs> so I'm excited because it'll let us have like an actual virtual room, and there, like, we can be closed off from everything, and it'll be a nice little studio recording space. I mean, there's other things that are exciting about the house too, I guess. But that's the most exciting at the moment, as far as the podcast goes. But Livy. Livy, you were mm-hmm. just finishing up your current job today and starting a new one next week? Tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. So since Yee. since we last recorded, a uh, few things have happened. Um, got married. Uh, my husband, Alex, joined the Army as a musician, and we moved across part of the country to Texas and um, we've been here a few months and I've just kind of been working part-time but I finally got a full-time job on the base that he's at so I'm starting there tomorrow we'll see how it goes I'm pretty excited about it it's my first like grown-up job you know if you don't count teaching which kind of still felt like is in student mode more than kind of like a full-time adult Mm. job so It'll be fun. And also, we got a dog. Can't fail to mention the dog. I mean, the dog may make an appearance later in the episode. Who knows? (laughs) He has made appearances, uh, well, I guess whenever we've tried to record, and it's either been successful or failed uh, here in the house. Yeah, he does make appearances occasionally. So does the cat. The cat's been around a while, but he's, he's pretty loud, so they both show up. But yeah. Yeah, I think there was... There was only one recording that I'm thinking of that was, like, I remember you talking and then there being an obnoxiously loud shake. But I can't (laughs) say anything as Luna was snoring at the beginning of one of the episodes we released (laughs) for, like, 15 minutes. And I was like, what is... Which I felt bad because as I was listening, I was like, goodness... At 330 pounds, I was the loudest breather in the world. <laughs> I was I was very concerned. I was like, was I that unhealthy? And I just, I mean, I was, but I didn't realize that it was becoming a respiratory condition. Um, and then I slowly started to realize, like, no, that's Luna. And she's snoring in the living room at the old apartment. And then later in the episode, she was, like, lapping up water or something. Yeah, dog sounds. It's it's all part of the it atmosphere makes us we try to set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, what have you been up to? Uh, not a ton. It feels like not a ton. It feels like you guys have made all these big life changes, and I have not. 
Well, I mean, you worked at a school for a while, and you're, I mean, you're right there as far as finishing your thesis, so. Yeah, that's the big one, is that I did finally finish a thesis. Um, it, it passed with the committee, and they approved it. So, really, just the only thing I'm waiting on is just, like, the revisions uh, from the graduate reader. I need to submit it to them and see what they say, make sure all the formatting's good. Um, but I will be graduating in August with my master's, finally. Yeah. So, that is exciting. Looking for jobs, full-time jobs, uh, you know, stop and prevent me from being homeless jobs, anything really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. <clears throat> I feel like I feel like preventing you from being homeless is a mindset more than anything. You know, <laughs> if you're willing to deny it, then... No, no, I, I want to hear this. Extrapolate more on how homelessness <laughs> is a mindset, Seth. I would rather we not go in that direction. We can go back to Star Wars. Hey, once again, we, we to... can link this. We can link this back to uh, Kanye very quickly, but I don't feel like it. Oh no! I mean, he was a college dropout. That's not the direction I meant, but sure. <laughs> I mean, isn't that's his first album, isn't it? Yeah, the college dropout. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I don't know what else, what else you guys got. Oh, I'm moving this How week. Much? That's the that's the biggest one. Um, oh, I should I should also say. Um, so I guess I don't have to. I don't know. No, you should commit to it. Uh, okay, I did, got it. I'm here. I'm back. Uh, I'm, I'm with I, you. I should say that <laughs> I just want to apologize that we missed an episode last week. Um, that's on me for two reasons. Um, both of which no, don't, because no stop what? only <laughs> only those that go behind the paywall will ever find out and we don't, the paywall doesn't even exist yet so this is just unknowable knowledge at this point <laughs> they'll know that something happened something and that unexplainable it was my fault. well i mean and that you refuse to talk about it publicly so we could build up this really big drama narrative um, and just kind of get the wheel spinning that way with the whole paywall business well, and this that's does what, that's what the Game Grumps did. So it ties it back to our cult following that we're developing a cult, and mm-hmm. they're going to be the ones that have these uh, varied conspiracy theories about what happened that I don't want you to talk about. You know what? I think that actually uh, ten thousand was way too high of a number for a cult following. I think the more accurate number is 20 downloads a week on average. That establishes a cult following. <laughs> that seems hey, fair. I am quite happy with our 20 downloads. I agree. All 20 of you out there. Thank you. Hey, but speaking to those 20, we would love to you know, hear you guys comment on the Facebook page, what you've liked so far, what you didn't like. Uh, we've got those article episodes that Adam was talking about. We'd love to hear you guys listen to those and what you think about them. Those haven't Did come you out need in, us to go? Universe. Oh, I agree. But when they do, <laughs> I we need people to listen. And like, do we need to go more in depth on the article? We just need to gloss over a little bit more. Uh, would you guys be interested in seeing if we could get one of the article authors on as an interview? That would be wild. E? Would it? <laughs> I think I, I still think the uh, the percussion guy that did the pop song Loops, um, mm-hmm. I bet he would come on and talk about it. Do you want me to try to reach out for Kanye? Maybe we can get a follow-up next week. Hey. 
<laughs> don't. But on serious <laughs> news, one of our um, topics that we're going to talk about today, uh, we did email them and they responded in a positive manner. And so we don't have anything confirmed yet, but we are in discussions of having our first guest on the podcast. And remember, which one is in exciting. three of those is Kanye West. So you got a 33% <laughs> chance of tuning and back And the other next one week. in three is Adele. Yeah, we got some big hitters. <laughs> yeah. So y'all just guess it who who it is. Our agents our agents just don't get paid enough for what they do. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's Adele. She's coming on. She's going to tell us all about the weight loss program. We uh, <laughs> we, we will quickly trans I wondered which one of us was going to mention the weight loss first, and I was I'm just glad it's not me. Well, Seth and I were already talking about it before wow. we started recording. Well, good. I'm glad yeah. I stayed out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much I mean, of an opinion on it at all. I can't believe people are talking about it. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like it's something you would notice. But other than that, I like good for her. I mean, <gasps> as that, that's as offensive. I, is it? Half I of mean, the internet I, thinks so. Yeah. It's the just an interesting a, debate to watch from afar. It's a, yeah, that that one's a, I believe as my parents would call it, that one's a sticky wicket. Oh, I've not heard Where, that. Are they like know. big <laughs> cricket fans? Well, my, Is, my dad was born in England, so I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh. Now, a sticky wicket does seem like, it seems like something that would not be allowed in the game of cricket. No, I imagine it's like pine tar and baseball. Yeah. Ooh, I will say one of the most fun things I ever watched in baseball was a pitcher who quite clearly had pine tar on the back of his neck. <laughs> like, <laughs> and basically the, like the commentators were calling on, on it. They were like, dude, the camera is right behind you staring at your neck. We can see this. Like, just give it a little time and the umpires will figure out pretty t- And by the second inning, they had caught him and they were like, all right, come here. And so he like walked over to them. Like, I don't know what you could possibly want to talk to me about. And then he was like, let me see your hands. He was like, there's nothing on them. And I was like, turn around. And then he like touched the back of his neck and then he threw him out of the game. It was like, Oh, Baseball That's might pretty be exciting, exciting for baseball, yeah. I, it was, and then and then I'm, I went back to reading whatever book I was reading and not paying attention. I'm glad this is not a visual experience. That way, you can see me um, constantly applying music theory tar um, to my <laughs> microphone from the back of my neck, yeah, just to really improve my stats. I'm doping. I'm doping the podcast. I. <laughs> I mean, as you say that, isn't isn't I'm the, the Lance Armstrong Lance... of music theory was... podcasts? <laughs> oh it's like the Lance documentary is supposed to come out soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think I saw something about it on Twitter. I think it might be out because people are posting like screen caps and videos. Imagine yeah. trying to follow the Michael Jordan documentary, though. Like, this is a bad week to try to release a sports documentary. Wait, what? So... Did you not watch The Last Dance? I just no, want I to did. point something out real quick. <laughs> I'm going to jump in. As soon as Adam said sticky wicket or whatever he said, I almost jumped in and was like, this feels like it's about to go down a rabbit hole. We should move right past that term. And I would just like to point out that was like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we've almost hit, okay. the, we almost hit the, 
goal that we set for ourselves, we weren't going to ramble for 30 minutes. We almost, we almost there. There's I mean, a, there's a lot of Star Wars. Yeah, but I also feel like from our office days, we understand that we could easily get distracted for 30 minutes. Uh, Sticky Wicket oh, does yeah. come from cricket, and it is an actual thing that happens in cricket. Like a bad thing or a good thing? A bad thing. It, it's a metaphor used See, to describe a it. difficult circumstance. It originated as a term for difficult circumstances in the sport of cricket caused by a damp and soft pitch. Ew. Now, what would be the equivalent of a sticky wicket in one of the American sports? And well, even if we figure that out... It turns out that wicket um, refers to the entire uh, playing field, not just like the center of the field between uh... the stumps. And so when it's a sticky wicket, it just means like the whole thing's muddy and the ball's going to bounce weird. Gotcha. So there you go. And we don't use that in American sports. Uh, not well, just not in the ones that don't have wickets. Well, I'm just saying, like if Troy Aikman was like, "Eh, Cowboys playing on a sticky wicket this weekend," like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would liven up the commentary. We need to get an English guy in there. I mean, I I do think it would be better, but. Okay, so transition-wise, are we headed towards Adele, towards Kanye, towards... Where are we headed, guys? Where are we from coin? Wait, that's not going to work. It will work. <laughs> if it lands on its edge, we're doing ye- uh, yee, yay, yay. If it lands on its edge, we can do yee, the album that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, I will say, the the best thing about that was, when I said it, you were like, what are you talking about? Ye? Ye does not exist. I was like, it's two letters. You should know what I'm talking about. Alright, who wants to go first? Oh, well, we should pitch more. Uh, today, we're going to present to you, I guess today, maybe next week, it might get broken up depending on how long we go on each. Um, we each have listened to an album. We shared the album with the others, and we're going to present and just talk about that album and what we think about it, some of our takeaways from it, and then we're going to discuss um, and compare our opinions and our takes about the album with each other. Real, real simple, real fun. Uh, should be great. Uh, so who wants to go first? Oh, uh, we can go ahead and knock out Adele. Cool. I'll I mean, that. not knock her out, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, um, ooh, I guess a fun game. Let's not disclose who picked what, even though I think possibly we already did that with Yay. I don't think that's going to work because one of us has to kind of lead the discussion like we did last time. Uh, fair. Okay, so I'll lead Cause, in cause with Because one of us is presenting the album to the others. Mm-hmm. Ooh, true. Like, but I, like why we picked it or just what we find interesting about it. Yeah, for the listeners, though, uh, it would... It'd be interesting to know if you would, if you want us to disclose that or not, and that way you have to figure out who picked what album, and we kind of just draw out of a hat or something. I don't, I don't know, but anyways. So Adele, nineteen. It was her first album. Um, the album is titled as are her other two after the age that she was when the album was recorded, not necessarily when it was released, but recorded. Um, it contains some of her first songs like her first hit was um hometown really is it hometown glory 
Yeah, it's Hometown Glory. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, that was her first song, and it was a bigger hit in England than it was over in America. And just from a brief glance at Wikipedia, it talks about, like, she wrote some songs when she was 16, and then through a variety of circumstances, and ended up getting signed, and then recording the album and she was a hit over in the UK and then eventually made it over to the United States was on Saturday night live. And that was her big like U S moment. Was she on SNL and then after this album, really? Uh, yeah, it says, um, she made it. Oh goodness. <laughs> she made an appearance on Saturday night live in late 2008, which boosted her career in the U S at the and then of course she had the 51st Grammy Awards and she received like best new artist and best female pop vocal performance. But what I thought was kind of cool was uh for as far as British awards like she received the Critics Choice Award and then oh that's not the cool one though. There's there's somewhere in there that basically was um, talking about, oh, I can't find it. It's basically, it was saying like songs that come from um, a minority base, like that's where the style of music comes from. Hmm. Maybe I'm making this up, but. Hmm? Wow, she blew up on MySpace. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not, I did not know this. Apparently, I don't know anything about Adele. She also received a Music of Black Origin nomination in the category of Best UK Female. Interesting. Yeah, so so I just I thought it was cool, but I guess especially since, I mean, I don't necessarily know that that's on the level of Grammy over there. It may have been a much lesser award, but it was still kind of a cool, like, recognizing that style of music that... I guess, at least to my knowledge, we don't necessarily do over here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but what do you guys think, just general thoughts about the album? I was just really... Oh, go ahead, Libby. No, talk over each other. <laughs> Adam, you can fix this in post. It's true, and I don't feel like it, but I can't. Um, I was... Well, so, like, initially... I was like, oh, this is not, like, the sound uh, was not what I was used to from, you know, like, the hits that mm-hmm. I had heard on the radio mm-hmm. over here. So I was like, oh, this is a different side to Adele, and l- at least from what I had heard. Um, and then I was also surprised that, like, I hadn't heard any of it because it was, like, stuff that I really liked. And so I was surprised that, like, I hadn't stumbled upon it before. And then my other kind of general thought not you know the whole album 100% of the time but generally it gave me really strong uh like late 90s early 2000s vibes like specifically just like made me think of like Nora Jones and I don't know what exactly it was but something just like hit that like checked that box for me which I love I love like that sound like Nora Jones and stuff but I was trying to figure out like what is it that makes me think of that kind of the whole time that I was listening my undergrad theory professor loved Nora Jones. I do too. It's kind of a nostalgic thing, I think, because my mom used to listen Who to her. Who doesn't love Nora Jones? Yeah. I never it, listened to Nora Jones. 
Wow, I know what my next pick is. The newest Nora Jones I listened to is like when I would go over to his house and he would turn it off so we could like have our lesson or whatever. To me, it always makes me think of just like, like it'd be on the radio in the car when I was like a young kid. Yeah, it's... my, I don't know if you guys had this, but my parents definitely had CDs that there were, there was like a rotation of maybe 10 that were, if we're going somewhere like that, a CD would just get put in. And so, um, but Nora Jones, the Come Away With Me album was one of the ones that we had on, it seemed like, all the time. And so mm-hmm. I reintroduced myself to it in college. And it's it's just a very calming experience for me. I mean, I, I love the music on, on it in general. But then, like, I would also do things where, like, I would play it on my laptop. And then at 7 o'clock with all the lights on in the dorm room, I had fallen asleep in my bed while listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> and then my roommate came back and was like, what happened? <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't know. I think, and I, this is one of the things that I started to realize about myself that I like. I like music that sounds real. And not, I mean, I guess in a way all music sounds real, but like somebody's really doing all of those things. And so... So There's, like less manufactured. Yeah, and like I guess it can it can still be produced well. I'm not saying that you're not allowed to do little things to it, but I think there throughout the album there are little things where in her um, 21 or in 25 they those albums feel like perfect more in like mm-hmm. a mechanical sense of like pitch is always perfect rhythmically everything's fine like everything Mm -hmm. fits and it feels very produced Mm. because you know they were trying to get like five hit songs out of each of those albums and you know there are a bunch of great ones and i love those songs but i do think that on this one that it has a little bit more of that Nora jones vibe of I really wrote these songs. I'm really singing these songs. And like, Mm -hmm. there's all the fun nuances of how, what do you do if you're like slightly off the note a little bit? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I guess something that I would think of also early 2000s would be Maroon 5's first album on uh, like She Will Be Loved, which was a pop song for them. But it's one of those it's slight and I'm pretty sure I'm right, but Adam like slides into the, she will, when he goes up to the mm-hmm. high note on will be loved that there's like, he slides up ever so slightly to that note. And so that's mm-hmm. one of the fun things of that is that it's not just, Oh, we just corrected the pitch and put you right on it. It's, it sounds real. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't want to listen to stuff from then versus stuff now and see how often that happens. Cause well, and I think it's also like, a genre thing. Like the, uh-huh. the mood and the tone that Adele's going for is, is different. Yeah. To me that resonated, but I just, the, the vocal performance aspect of it hadn't occurred to me. And it's an interesting point. Well, and so the, I mean, I'm, I know we're not talking about Adele, but, uh, one of the things that I, I like Need to Breathe, 
and they are a soft rock Christian band out of South Carolina. And so if you haven't heard of them, you should go listen to them. They're great. But they, um, one of the more recent albums that they did was basically just a recording of a live show. Um, and it's, it's not just, hey, we put a microphone in front of all of the speakers while we played songs. I understand that there was actual, like, probably running everything through a mixer and capturing it that way. But there's a certain, like, you you hear the room and the full sound that they get. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that, like, I hear the full band. Whereas... Mm-hmm. I really like that in Imagine Dragons albums, but then when you had, I think it was their Evolve album, was the one where they like went to the more electronic and more pro- overproduced sound where it just sounded like, okay, everybody's playing their own thing to a backing track, but it's not necessarily happening at the same time. That, that kind mm-hmm. of, that took something away from me. And so mm-hmm. all of that is to say that the... Adele's album 19 feeling very authentic I like a lot I mean I think I think we all sounds like we all kind of came came back with the same takeaway because I was gonna say just from like the very beginning from the outset I was impressed by how underproduced it sound, sounded mm-hmm. and that's just because I don't I don't really listen to Adele I've never listened to this album I'm only mostly familiar with her singles and stuff. Like, yeah, it's just Adele. Like, if you think about her singles, like you think about like Rolling in the Deep or Hello or even like Skyfall or something. Like, those are all really big. Like, they're really bombastic. Yeah. They have yeah, lots of production. I've... They have lots of orchestration. I, say, I could be wrong. Rolling in the Deep was kind of the first one that like took off big, right? It's the first one I remember. That's the first one I remember. I didn't know any of the songs. Yeah. Yeah, that I, one in my head is much more produced sounding than what's and on like this album. Adele, Adele can carry it in a lot of different like tones. Like she could do the big bombastic thing. She can still be like understated. She can still do kind of like sultry. Like her, like she has a really wide range, but all of that fits into like still fits with the what the much broader production yeah. stuff. I think that when I was saying that it sounded different from what I was used to. It was like my, it was like gave me a different impression of her because Mm -hmm. what I was used to was being so impressed by her voice, but not so much by like, you know, like the music was good, but it wasn't striking to me. Right. Like it was more of like it supported her voice and her voice was the thing that I was really like, whoa, Mm -hmm. in like the hits that had come out. But like in this album, like she was doing a lot with the music. Like the instrumentation was kind of crazy. Like she utilized a lot of cool like she highlighted a lot of really cool instruments and stuff and was just seemed to be doing more more than just the vocal performance and that like hit me like one of my favorites was the right is rain which has like that little like electric keyboard yeah yeah i kept writing down i was like ooh, organ ooh, glockenspiel <laughs> yeah like you know you're not gonna get that <laughs> i assume you're not gonna get that on either of the other two albums like oh and also i don't know do you guys remember, I didn't write down the names of the tracks, but the second, the second song, uh, it was the one that had just, I think it was an upright bass. Maybe it was electric, but it just had that bass line. And then when mm-hmm. it gets to the chorus, it goes to double time. And I was like... Best for last. Okay. But so when it gets to the chorus, that bass line just goes double time. And I was like, oh! like I loved it. <laughs> like she's just doing a lot with the music. It was really cool. Yeah. And so, so like, 
Yeah, and and I guess um, so to compare it to something I just talked about them need to breathe. To me, their third album, I feel like there is, it's still them, but there is a variety of styles going on. Just like in this album, it's still Adele, but she gives you like a variety of songs. Whereas what you guys are talking about in 21 and 25, there is there is some variety, but generally you would say like it all kind of sounds the same. Yeah. And, and so, I haven't listened I guess, to those, so I'll have to take your word for it. Um, I mean, they just, there's more, it's more of a consistent instrumentation and everything else. Mm-hmm. But I would say, like, uh, so something we've talked about before, topics, which for those who haven't heard us use that word before, topic just means a style. And the idea being that it comes from narrative music theory and that when you if you hear a certain style it could make you feel a certain way or it could represent something for you and so that theorists have used topics to say in the classical style of like yes when somebody would hear this this is what they would understand it to mean and so an example would be if you're listening to a blues song today that you're supposed to you would understand as the listener that that is a blues song. It could be about a sad or a tragic event in life. And it's part of, that's part of the style. Um, But I think, you know, you don't necessarily always have to put the meaning with it. Generally you do. But for us, I would say that her other albums, there's more of a consistent topic throughout Whereas this one, I feel like, like you guys are saying, with the variety and instruments and that you get some different topics that are going on and mm-hmm. that it's not a consistent, here's what we're doing. Yeah, I think that sums it up. Oh, what, was like the, what was like the big song from this? Because I, I didn't know any of the songs going in. The... Make You Feel My Love is pretty big. That's the one that sounded the most familiar to me. But I because you like, like the, Bob Dylan. No, I've definitely never heard the Bob Dylan version. Like I looked it up, Ed Sheeran did. Yeah. What I was is there a possibility that I heard the Ed Sheeran one before this? There's. I sorry, mean, I don't know the answer to that. But there was one other song on this one that I think I had heard before. It was the the one that like when I first listened to this album that I was like I I think I I have heard this one before was Chasing Pavement. That one. one, yeah, yeah, Chasing yeah, yeah, Pavements yeah. and Make You Feel My Love were the only two that I was like. I, Think Those are the only two that I had heard life. before. This has existed before. Make You Feel My Love is one of my favorite Adele songs in general. I love that song so much. But I, I didn't realize that I had heard Chasing Pavements until it started playing. And then I was like, oh, I've heard this at least once. Yeah, the Make You Feel My Love, I don't I don't know, maybe it was that version. But I felt like there was something like, there's something akin to Deja Vu that I felt when I was listening to it. That was like, I know, like, I know this song, but not this way. And I, def- I definitely haven't heard the Dylan one. So I think I probably heard the Ed Sheeran cover first. Mm. And then this one today. Did or did he do a cover? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. I don't, yeah, because I guess I was thinking, like, generally from what it sounds like that maybe you were thinking back to when I made you guys listen to the uh, <laughs> How Would You Feel um, song that he did from his oh, Divide yeah. album. Well, it's, you know, it's that same kind of uh, ballad style. Mm-hmm. 
and so there like there are some natural things that start to kick in and it's like oh this does sound familiar or it reminds me of this so but yeah that's it that's adele so i really like the album it's easy to listen to and you know i think the big takeaway like we've been saying is that there's a variety of styles and it's definitely it's a fun adele album to listen to yeah if you've heard her hits and you like her hits you should totally check out that album because you might be surprised like adam and i were yeah it's good it's good i liked it a lot where would you guys like to head i'll go next i feel like we should save the big yay Ah, but you beautiful people will have to wait until next week to hear the rest of my conversation with Livy and Seth. Find out what secret mystery album Livy has picked out that we have not revealed yet. Find out what the big deal about Ye is and what all this hype is for. Um, so I hope you'll join us and you get to take part in here in that second half of that conversation. Secondly, I just want to apologize for some audio quality issues in that episode. I know putting it to the end doesn't really give you much of a heads up, but this is the first time we've released an episode that we recorded remotely um, since we have all moved and everything like that. We're past the, the backup episodes we had from 2018, and so we're still just figuring out how to get all of this to work very smoothly. So we really appreciate your patience. Hope that you uh, stick with us as we figure it all out. So thanks for listening, and as always, we'll see you next week. 